Welcome to the Politics Guys Supporters Exclusive After Show, where we talk about those things we maybe didn't get to in our regular episode or share, whatever, semi-non-political thoughts, that sort of thing. Uh, with me today, as usual, is Jay Carson. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Mike. Good, glad to hear it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff, actually. I mean, we went we went almost a little long on our regular show, but there was so much, and there were also a bunch of kind of... It, it was like deep stuff, too. Yeah. That we, wanted to talk about it wasn't just a lot of dumb little stuff that was important stuff yeah and i thought you know there were there were some things that were to me interesting and fun that i would have loved to have gotten to but like for instance that whole eagle super bowl celebration now here's here's what i understand what happened is that uh, as has been a trend since the president john trump is in president uh the eagles who won the super bowl of course they were invited to the white house and at first the team said yeah we'll get about 70 people it'll be a nice turnout and then they actually talked to their players and said well maybe we'll have like 10 or 11 and that would have been embarrassing mm -hmm. so the president canceled their visit before so he wouldn't be embarrassed and then he decided well we'll have this great patriotic thing and we'll have four eagles fans though if you look at the audience it looked like it was just really a bunch of kind of white house staffers and interns and so exactly. forth you know <laughs> so but they needed to do something to save face and then they sang patriotic songs apparently president trump doesn't know all the words to god bless america i guess or something like that he was caught kind of mouthing a few words and then just sort of nodding along when it got a little difficult i don't know but talk about a farce i don't know what, what did you think about that I, I I did think it was a little silly, um, you know, to me. And and this is I'm going to take sort of the, the the little bit bigger picture to step back on this. Um, do you do you know when we started when we uh, when president started inviting championship teams to the White House with uh, Ronald Reagan? Actually, yeah. I looked into uh, that. Yeah. So it's 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 fairly recent. Yeah. Um, Although uh, let's put it, I guess not fairly recent, <laughs> but but you know FDR wasn't having having people uh, in, right? Um, and and look, we have in in the United States, the president serves a dual function as the the head of government and the head of state, um, and and sort of as as head of state, you do these sort of ceremonial things, uh, which are all good and important, and traditionally have been non political. Um, you know, you you lay the wreaths, uh, uh, you make the the appropriate speeches on 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 the right days, and and I guess you would do this kind of stuff of you you honor uh, excellence from from American citizens, you know, be it uh, uh, you know valor on, on the combat field and, and medals there, or uh, 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 you know Kennedy Senator awards, I mean, you know, for artistic stuff, and you know, is is sports championships. So, look, that's kind of become part of the job. Uh, I think it's distressing that that part of the job has also become political, um, and that didn't start with Trump. Uh, I think it, 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 it he certainly has, he's certainly thrown gas on the fire. Yeah, with the NFL and, the, and that. I should point yeah. out that none of the I believe none of the Eagles were actually kneelers during the the anthem. But but again, it's become like you said a a huge uh, political issue, and I feel like. This, this is going to sound ridiculous from the beginning. The classy, 
thing to do. So right away, okay, this is not the Trump administration response, but the classy thing to do when they found out that the response was that low would be to have have the White House issue a statement saying, well, you know, we, we issued this invitation and we understand that the majority of the Eagles are not interested. And so while we, you know, we, we disagree with their, with their views on this, but we don't see any point in holding this if the team is not interested in doing it. And that would be it. But instead you, you gin up this. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd go even one, one further and just, you know, uh, issue a proclamation saying, uh, you know, I hereby recognize the, the you know, Philadelphia Eagles and, and uh, uh, commend them for their. Uh, oh, yeah, their, I like it. You know, their, yeah. you know, their excellence in athletic endeavors and in being uh, role models for our kids uh, and uh, exemplifying, uh, uh, you know, what uh, what all Americans aspire to. Congratulations on your win. Sincerely, President Trump. I mean, that. That would have been the classy thing. Yeah, you don't, you don't even have to invite any. You get out of the whole thing of yeah. who's inviting who or who's disinviting who. But, that, but that's totally not. I mean, the president when he feels disrespected, that's not right. he. That's he not is, what. Yeah, he's not a take the high road kind of guy. Uh, turn the other cheek, all that kind of stuff. It's well, and there was there's also again this whole bad blood of NFL and Donald Trump going back to. Um, you know, the late 80s in the USFL and, and all that sort of thing. But but then uh, but then the ham handed way that they put this thing together, the idea that that they were pushing that these were somehow Eagles fans in some way <laughs> was just I think they said that they're all the, Eagles fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway, talk about talk about ridiculous. But uh, no, and I, I again, I, I thought it was was silly. And, and um, you know, again, maybe the better the better way to do it is uh, if we we ought to try to do depoliticize these events and if depoliticizing them means we're not inviting people so we don't get into the whole controversy um over um uh, over who's coming and who's not um or or people making statements about whether they're coming or not which is um you know well you know again, i sort of sort of rolled my eyes at lebron uh, uh you know last week um, about, you know, regardless of who wins, nobody's going to the White House. And then, you know, Trump responded, well, I'm not inviting either one of you. And, you know, you would again, hope presidents have, have more important things to do. Yeah, you would hope that the president could rise above some of this. But again, not Donald Trump's style, certainly. Yeah. But uh, and, and of course, by the, by the, same, by the same token, I'm going to put it on, though, some some sports figures to rise above this. And and, you know, you could also respond in a classy way of saying I may not agree with his policies, but he's the president of the United States, and I—it's uh, an honor to be invited to the White House. That sort of thing. Yeah, I, but I don't think I—I yeah, I think we're past that point in our culture. Um, I think for it to be an honor to be invited and to respect the presidency, the president has to be a respectable, uh, an ethically, morally respectable person, and Donald Trump is not that person. So. It's you know I I think he has he has so degraded and disgraced the office that I mean I I'll tell you if if I were White House folks President Trump if you're listening if I were invited to the White House I wouldn't go because I I just feel he's so demeaned and disgraced the office I would not see it as a I would not see it as an honor at all I would just I would see it as as repugnant and I wouldn't do it. Uh, see, see again. I I I think um, I wouldn't shake his hand. I wouldn't do any of that. I I, I you know I. I just find but, him but to no, be. I, it's, no, I, I think I, I mean, look, I, that's obviously has to be an individual yeah. choice uh, for for athletes. But uh, again, I think the classier road. Um, it, when look, when when you become successful at a very high level, there's there's this weird 
Um, and I know because I am successful at very high level. <laughs> um, there's, there's a weird paradox uh, in that you'd think that you would you would be able to just not have to deal with people you don't want to deal with, but it's almost exactly the opposite. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's sort of uh, you know, the higher you, you rise in, in political life, the more you have to deal with people who are sort of sleazy fundraiser kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you, you would have no, no cause to encounter any of these people, uh, in your ordinary life. Um, if you're just a regular guy, sure. but, but because you rise to prominence, uh, you, you get there and, and look, you, you've got to work with, uh, let's put it this way. If you're a member of Congress, uh, I think you and I could also agree. They're a pretty member, member of Congress who are, uh, ethically challenged. Uh, who who do not uphold uh, the the dignity of that office, but if if you are a member or say you're a lobbyist, um, you got to deal with them. And again, that's one of these great kind of paradoxes in American life. And I think the same thing goes if if you are a star athlete, a celebrity, whatever, you're going to be put into these situations where you'll have to deal with people who you don't like, don't respect, um, and maybe you have to you have to calibrate how you handle that. So I mean, it's one thing to say, look, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, you know, go shake hands with uh, Kim Jong Un or or something like that. Uh, it's another to say, you know, I'm not going to go to. The, and, and again, there's there's like a million different ways that you can, you know, get out of these kind of things. If oh yeah, yeah it was going to go to the White House, had scheduling conflict come up, or you know, something like that. But uh, I think the overall idea would be to, to de-escalate and depoliticize these sort of things. Where um, you are, uh, you know, making political, state, political statements for what are ceremonial duties of the presidency. Right, right. You know, another thing I wanted to bring up is it's weird. It's almost like a spy novel kind of thing. That whole you remember in in Cuba where the U.S. diplomats were having this these weird it's brain sonic injury. Attacks. Yeah, yeah, sonic attacks. And I mean, there's been a huge investigation, and we haven't been able to figure out. What's going on? There was some talk that, you know, Cuba was behind it and doing something to, you know, to torture, try to harm U.S. diplomats. And now, apparently, well, they, a similar thing. That would be thing, my main sus- suspect. Yeah, well, but but now, the, a similar thing is going on with U.S. diplomats in China. And there have been some people who have been sent home because of, you know, the same symptoms and that sort of thing. And, and to this point, it's been, you know, an unsolved mystery, and a lot of people have worked at it, uh, looked at it. The, the thing I thought was interesting is there's this, I don't know if you heard this, uh, some researchers at the University of Michigan did some tests and were able to replicate some of the sounds that diplomats have heard and, you know, when the, they reported hearing with these attacks. Sure. And they said that they think one possibility is it could be badly designed ultrasonic transmitters that are designed to, uh, for like eavesdropping on conversations and so forth. So it could be that- it just buzz from the bugs. Well, yeah, it could be our old spy tools are yeah. working against us potentially, or there's some uh, Cuba-China connection or something like that. But it's just weird. You wouldn't expect to see anything like this outside of some kind of a Bond movie. So in fact, there was like a Bond movie where a UN diplomat was killed sonically. I think it was a Live and Let Die, I believe, which was a, which oh. was one of the early Roger Moore Bonds. But uh, yes. weird story, huh? It is. And, and one of those that, look, you and I don't have the the information to get to the, the bottom of this. But the other thing that, that seems weird would be the motive, right? Yeah. I mean, um, uh it's it's what's what uh, does it gain 
uh, one of these these other uh, countries, either Cuba or the Chinese, uh, and trying to make our our, our diplomats sick. Um, Which is why I think like you know, equipment it seems, failure makes the most sense. Exactly, you know? exactly. That's what I mean. It seems it seems more more likely some sort of side effect uh, from, from something, whether from them trying to listen or from, from ours trying to prevent listening or, or something like that. Um, uh, so no, I, I think it's fascinating, but I think it'd be a weird sort of, and, and look, here's the thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the Cubans. Um, but the <laughs> Chinese this. would know better, but the, but the Chinese, I, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't see any advantage, uh, for them to, to just sort of randomly harm Americans just to kind of, you know, give us the middle finger. Again, yeah. I, I can certainly see the Cubans doing that. Yeah. Uh, just, to, but, but the Chinese, I don't think would have an interest in doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, also Scott Pruitt, I, it's like the more people dig on Scott Pruitt, the EPA chief, the, the more weird it gets. And so I, I guess at, at one point, let's see, he had an A try to find a used mattress from a, the Trump International Hotel in Washington. Apparently he really liked the mattress. Um, buying you used know where he should have gone, Mike? Is, Casper. Uh, yeah, I was waiting Casper for that. Casper Bedding uh, would have <laughs> really hooked him up if he had listened to us. And back in those days, he could have gotten a discount if you were a politics guy's uh, That's listener. That's right. That's right. But, but you know, also, he, he's uh, – I mean, it seems like there's a pattern of him being very parsimonious with his own money. Um, and there's there's that, of course. And then he had that $50 a night condo in D.C., which is, oh, if you don't know, That's well below market rates. Yeah. <laughs> and much more serious. And there was the thing where he sent an aide out to try to find some fancy hand moisturizer from the Ritz-Carlton and, and so forth. But much more seriously is he tried to get a meeting with Chick-fil-A's chief executive to try to get his wife uh, a, a, a franchise. And his defense of this was, well, we need more Chick-fil-A's in Tulsa. It's good for the country, which is <laughs> pretty lame. Uh, I can't argue with that. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think it, this, this guy is, this guy seems to me pretty, to be pretty fundamentally corrupt. Now, is it, is it serious corruption? I think, I think, I think venal is the venal, word. Yeah. I like, yes. Venal is in fact the word. Here's a guy who I think was, I mean, sure, he was a somebody in Oklahoma, but he wasn't really anybody in a larger sense. And all of a sudden he gets thrust into this thing. And granted, it's expensive to live in D.C. and he has two residences and all that. And all of a sudden he says, well, how can I how can I make some extra money? How can I work the system? So forth. And, you know, I, I think it's especially I guess he's open to these charges of hypocrisy being sort of a, a fiscal conservative and conservative in many ways where he seems to be very free and easy with taxpayer funds and easy to justify that for his own personal comfort and so forth. But when it comes well, to his own- He's trying to get a used mattress. How much, how much more fiscally conservative do you, do you want him to be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, 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 he's getting the free moisturizer from the hotel. Now, how much now, more? Now, now, the one thing <laughs> I will- all our government employees would just do that- well, actually, uh, he didn't. So much no, better he liked the free moisturizer so much he wanted to actually buy it. Okay, and and that's you know ridiculous. But anyway, but I what, will defend him on one thing. About that, the, the guy wants to have you know overpriced, smelly junk. But anyway, <laughs> um, I will defend him on one thing. I'll defend him on the fountain pens. A lot was made of him getting like ten fountain pens for a thousand dollars or something like that. But anyone who knows anything about what they call them at that level, they call them writing instruments. Like $100, $150 for a fountain pen is actually really in, on the inexpensive, on the lowest end of that. And if you buy like a dozen or so of those as gifts for recognizing, that to me is 
that's the one thing I don't see as a big deal at all. That's, you know, but these other yeah, things. Here, here, this is the pen that I use to roll back this regulation, whatever. Yeah, it's it's sort of. Yeah, but yeah. but the Chick-fil-A thing is hugely, I think that's a, that's a very serious issue, as is the $50 a night condo, because that is using your office for serious personal gain, uh, especially the Chick-fil-A thing, because that could set your, you know, set your family up well after you're no longer in that office. And it's exactly what ethics laws are designed to prevent. So, you know, there are some Democrats now calling for an investigation of Pruitt. I don't know that that's going to happen. It certainly won't happen un- unless Democrats take the House. But this is a guy who I think, even though I understand from a policy perspective, conservatives like what he's doing. Obviously, I don't as a, as a liberal. This is a guy who I think is a blight on the administration ethically and needs I, to I, go. I think, yeah, I think conservatives could find somebody who they'd also like what they were doing, but didn't have this weird stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there, there are plenty of other uh, conservative uh, conservatives who could run the EPA and could do the same sort of regulatory rollback uh, that that uh, appeals to people on a policy level, but just didn't have this added level of of uh, of goofiness that you have to defend. Yeah, and you know, I wonder if this is yet another of uh, geez, I don't know, hundreds of cases. It seems to me at this point of uh, people in the Trump administration just being these sort of inexperienced amateurs, non-insiders, and so forth. And when you pull these people in, this is the kind of weird behavior you're likely to get in a lot greater, uh, a lot more of it, certainly, than if you had people I, who I think there's, there's there's part of that. And I, I think there's part of maybe a lack of vetting Yeah. Uh, on the one hand. Um, and then there is this 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 thing that happens, and I've, I've seen it at the state level, and uh, I think it happens even more so at Washington. Um where you have folks who who come from sort of modest means and who are all of a sudden, like you said, thrust into this this new world. And they're in a world where the people they're dealing with, you know, wear a thousand dollar suits yeah. uh, and 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 live in uh, multi-million dollar condos. and and there is this expectation uh, of, you know, listen, if you are going to be seen as a not as as this rube from Arkansas, um, and it's always Arkansas, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, in this case, it was Oklahoma, but yeah, point oh, taken. I'm sorry. I, oh my gosh, I apologize. Jay I apologize gets all those uh, southern I states mixed up. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's all that kind of out there, kind of hot and, you know, but. Um, but, but no, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point, certainly. And there's, that, yeah, there's, there's this sense of, of, of it's a, a, a new world and, and whether it comes from a sense of entitlement of, of now I, I ought to have this or now I need to have this in order to, you know, play in the big leagues with everyone else. Uh, I, I don't, I've never met Scott Pruitt. I don't know if he, he might be completely secure with, with who he is and, and so forth. But, um, you know, there, there are other folks, I mean, like Nixon always had that. Oh yeah. In, in a way. And there was sort of the same, I want to say venality, uh, to Nixon in that he always sort of felt slighted, you know, that he wasn't, the East Coast establishment and always held against them. Um, Related and to that big chip had, on the shoulder. Had a chip, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's maybe something that um, you you get these folks and uh, and they 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 get that. Um, so no, that's a great point. Yeah. And Donald Trump certainly, from people he surrounds himself with and seems to favor, he he's one of those people. And he likes people like that. I think that's fair. To well, say. Well, exactly. Because Donald Trump is is a person like that. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's the loudmouth guy from Queens who, well, he doesn't really fit in the Manhattan, you know, scene. Um, but he's going to sort of force his way into it. 
Um, but you can still tell. I mean, he again. I'm not a psychologist, but well, you, you play one on the internet, yeah. But you don't. But you don't. You don't have to be for for this, you no. know. With with you know everything, the Trump and all the gold and the flash and the bling, um, uh, you know, compared to say a you know old money George uh, or even George, Mitt Romney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, or the Bushes, but yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's a good point. So, uh, anything, anything you wanted to bring up? Oh gosh, what what um? Oh, and no, well, I'm there putting was the, you on uh, the spot now. You're putting me on the spot. I just sort of, I, I did have something I was going to say, but now I lost my train of thought. It was kind of on that same road. Oh, on the, the Chick Fil A, and I guess I I don't know all the details of this, um, but it's certainly not uncommon or people in politics to try to find jobs oh, yeah. for their, their spouses, uh, friends, whatever. Uh, to me, it, it turns on, uh, what he was asking of, of Chick-fil-A, uh, and what they were asking of him in order to set up some sort of transaction. I mean, if, if, if he just happens to, you know, be, have more celebrity and he approaches them and say, Hey, my wife would really be interested in a franchise. And they say, Oh yeah, okay, here's how we do it. Here's our franchise package. Uh, here's what the buy-in is, etc. I, I see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, according to the uh, reporting, there was there was more to it than that. Certainly if, not. If, a, yes, a exactly. quid pro If quo. it is more, if they want a sweetheart deal, and you give me the sweetheart deal, and I'll give you something else, that I think is highly problematic. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, I, we should point out that for the most part, these deals. You're right. These unethical deals happen a lot. And the reason they happen a lot in part is because for the most part, they're not quid pro quo. And so right. well, it's more, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think they're unethical necessarily. Well, see, I think, I think that it's not just the quid pro quo deals that are unethical. It's sort of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge understanding that uh, maybe I'll help you out down the line. A, we're all friends here, that sort of thing. That to me is the much more insidious type of corruption because it's so difficult to police, really, the only way to police that is through the personal ethical standards of uh, the individual, and I think that's been a you know. A no, 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 no. There's an easy, there's an easy way to police it, and that's that's through you have uh, financial disclosure reports, which people do have to fill out. You say, hey, okay, how much money do you get, and then who do you get it from, and okay, how much money does your spouse get, who does she get it from, and look, if if it comes up that you've got some issue that that has to do with with uh, chicken sandwiches. Uh, you know, you may, you may, you know, have to say, listen, I'm, I have to recuse myself on this. I have a conflict or at least disclose the conflict to say, just so you know, my wife. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I so also I, what, know what I'm, what I'm saying is I, I don't, I don't think there's anything insidious necessarily about, uh, everybody's got to work, uh, especially <laughs> she's got to work to support his, his, uh, his high, high role in uh, lifestyle. Um, but, well, well, uh, well, you know, this, this actually um, relates to, uh, uh, a book I'm reading by uh, a guy from Brookings Inst- Institution called uh, uh, a guy named guy called a guy named Richard Reeves who writes this written this book called Dream Hoarders, basically about how the upper twenty percent is hoarding most of the opportunities. And part of the argument yeah. he makes is that uh, even if you take somebody, you know, a smart uh, kid from the lower eighty percent, basically not from a professional family, all that sort of thing. Even if that kid gets educated at the same level, the lack of connections, that whole sort of, well, I know a guy who knows a guy. Not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. And, you know, it's a good point. It's it's difficult to know what to do about that, but certainly it makes it difficult for people who want to to rise. It makes their job a lot harder because they don't have access to those kind of connections. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. 
Yeah, and, and and I would say I don't know that it's necessarily insidious. Um, you know, because uh, you can there can be situations of, you know, what it's like. Well, you, say your your kid's looking for a job, uh, summer job, and well, you you know somebody who's who's in this industry, and you know, say, hey, can my you know my kid's looking for a job? You got anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, that on the one hand, that that seems. It certainly provides an advantage to the one, uh, the one party, and to the rich and the people who have access to this. Um, uh, on the other hand, I, I don't know that it's it's there's anything necessarily yeah, it's difficult illegal to, or unethical about it unless unless there's some quid pro quo or something else going on. Well, it's not. You're right. It's not in illegal or unethical. It's you might say on the meta level, it's troubling in terms of if you know if we want sort of society where everyone can can rise as high as their yeah. talents alone meritocratically take them but it's so difficult to know what to effectively do about that especially when we're talking about people trying to help out their family members their kids that sort right. of thing so. well and here's the other thing is is in the private sector there's really sort of a a, a market regulation of that hey if if you go to your uh you know, some some say distributor, or someone you do business with, and you say, "Hey, well, you, you hire my my uh, uh, my dumbass nephew needs a a summer job," uh, and and your dumbass nephew completely screws up. I mean, again, there's in the private sector, there tends to be sort of a self sorting. It'll work itself out. Um, well, you know, sometimes, uh, but actually, there's a lot of eventually. research. Well, there's a lot of research suggesting that be uh, in the real world, how a lot of employers act is they tend to keep on sort of underperforming people just because it's so much of a pain to fire them and get someone else. And so, which is why sure, essentially sure. any, any workplace pretty much you go to, if you ask the people, is there anyone working here who just is incompetent, but has been here for a long time? It's like, Oh God. Yeah. That's kind of, and so these markets aren't completely efficient. That's kind of, that's kind you, of the nature of that's, that's human nature though. Yeah, too. Exactly, you know, exactly. Exactly. Most of us are incompetent. Well, I don't know about that. You're <laughs> certainly not. Jay. Anyway, well, we, we went uh, considerably longer than we normally do, but that's okay. Right. Because this is our kind of, you know, we had a lot to say, I guess, both in, uh, both in this show and in our regular show. So, uh, you know, Folks, uh, let us know what you what you think about these uh, these after show. I, I get the sense that people have been enjoying it and so forth. And so, if you have any comments, you know the deal, right? You've gotten in touch with us before. Mail at politicsguys.com, and we will talk to you next week. Take care.